This is Fintech Chatter, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech executive search. And I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. This week is Australian Blockchain Week. And I'm here with Steve Vellis, CEO of Blockchain Australia. In today's show, we chat to Steve about the role that Australia's industry body is playing in the development of emerging technology in the digital economy. Our client is a digital transformation consultancy working with world-leading brands. The banking and financial services practice is the fastest growing in the group, and they're on the hunt for a country managing director to launch and scale the APAC region here from Sydney. We're looking for someone to develop award-winning digital experiences for digital challenger banks and mid-tier banks with deep domain experience in banking and lending technology. Ideally, you'll be coming from a recognized digital consultancy or an enterprise banking software player. If that's you, we'd love to hear from you. So check out my LinkedIn profile for further details. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Dexter. I appreciate the opportunity. Mate, really good to have you with us. Um, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Blockchain Australia? It's an organisation I'm the CEO of. I've been in the role for, I think it's about 10 months now, Dexter. Uh, before that, I was aware of the organisation. I've been in the blockchain ecosystem for the last three or four years. Uh, since I took over, I've changed the focus a little bit. Uh, the previous sort of history of Blockchain Australia was it was the merger of two organisations, one Blockchain Australia, the other the Australian Digital Commerce Association. Had slightly different focuses. One was much more grassroots, one more uh, cryptocurrency focused. The other was very much government and advocacy focused. Mm. And that merger that happened about two years ago meant that those two competing priorities were kind of mashed together a little bit. So I've been doing my best to, to make sure that both of those narratives are served in the current version of the organisation. That sounds a bit complex. I think it's a complex space, Dexter. Yeah. The challenge here is it makes my life interesting but it also does create issues because the perspective that people bring into rooms when they're talking about blockchain and distributed ledger technology can be very, very different. You can be a true believer at one end of the spectrum and talk about the fact that you don't think there should be any involvement of governments, and regulators and the like, and then you've got others that say this is business as usual, but it's a process improvement. So depending on which view is being put, I try to offer up uh, that perspective. Great, great. So where are you at now then in terms of number of members? I think, happily for me, uh, post-COVID, we're, we're seeing a surge of membership. We're well over 100 corporate members now, I think. Uh, there's an expectation that that number will continue to surge. I think it kind of feels, and this is part of the reason I took the role on, Dex, that it felt like the timing was right. There's a bit of a coming together of circumstances that mean blockchain DLT in Australia is being given some degree of recognition. We've been a bit of a laggard when it comes to some of the international conversations, but right now the interest is growing and it's growing across a wide variety of sectors, education sectors are committing to it, tertiary institutions are coming on board, industry is there, the startup ecosystem is always active too. Mm. So if, if we were to kind of take the media as a, an example, you know, if you, if you ask the, the public what they knew about blockchain, I think, you know, you probably get two answers now, Bitcoin and now um, EFTs. What, what's the, you know, kind of what, what do you see as being actually the, 
you know, the opportunities for, for blockchain here in Australia, is it the cryptocurrency bit or do you think it's going to be more of the kind of government and regulatory side? I definitely think the way you've characterised it is what the, the news is. The news is Bitcoin. The news is speculative elements of cryptocurrency, so perceived or so called. I think the reality of the Australian ecosystem is much of the conversation is drier. It's in the distributed ledger technology space. It is in business process improvement. I think we like to tell ourselves stories often in the Australian ecosystem about how innovative we are, but I think the reality is when it comes to this kind of technology, most of the drive is coming from traditional businesses. So, again, that's part of the challenge of this ecosystem because it's not necessarily the case globally. That's where the interest is, is being uh, created. So, uh, from our perspective, though, I think it's a lot easier to have a conversation in boardrooms at the moment about some of the implications of this technology because those that believe at the other end of the spectrum in the cryptocurrency space, they tend to just want to do their own thing and uh, and move forward as quickly as possible. Mm. Mm. And so um, there's also been kind of applications that, you know, we're now seeing from a, a, a kind of finance perspective where we've got, um, you know, DeFi. What's um, what, what's the kind of, I guess, the, the, the state of play here in Australia? I'm, over, I'm aware of one or two kind of projects here down under, but from a, from a cryptocurrency side, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot happening here in Australia. Is that a, a kind of fair assessment? I think it is a fair assessment, Dexter. The challenge has been the position that was probably best ever in the National Blockchain Roadmap, of which I am a committee member, steering committee member. Australia, through the federal government and through the Department of Industry, chose some places to start the conversation, and those starting points were and are supply chain, credentials, reg tech, and cybersecurity. Deliberately, you don't hear the word financial services because I think the implications are a little bit too big to having a lot of rooms at the yeah. moment. So we started with subject matter that is a little bit more comfortable. One of the conversations I've had relatively recently and part of a submission I made to the Senate committee with respect to FinTech and RegTech was that we need to bring the conversation closer to financial services and to the finance sector because it's happening internationally much more than it's happening in Australia. We can't be shy about bringing that conversation mm. closer together now. It made sense not to do it for a period of time because yeah. the truth is it felt a little bit too scary, a little bit unknown, whereas right now the shifts that are happening globally are happening around uh, the sectors involved financial services. Yeah, well, when Bitcoin's value is more than that of the Aussie dollar, <laughs> I think it is a conversation that we need to be having, right? Absolutely, Dexter. I guess the thing about these rooms is having traversed them for three or four years, the outliers are no longer outliers. You know, it was the case that you were lucky to find one person. I think it seems to be a lot more people now that are happy to have a conversation and to varying degrees have interest in the space or participation. But it's not that difficult to find people who are willing to talk about that subject matter now. With respect to you know, their own views, they might still think it's the scammiest thing they've ever heard about. Mm. Or the other perspective, which is you know this will change the world. So those conversations are much more plentiful. Yeah, I, I guess one one area where we are um, leading. You talked about some of the kind of applications. We got some really great um, you know businesses that are focused on things like agriculture, um, utilities, etc. What 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 are you seeing from that side? You know how how much more traction are you seeing in the yeah, the kind of the, the physical applications of, of DLT? 
I think the supply chain one is, is probably where everybody starts. Next, I know when it was flagged by the federal government to me a little while back, I said it's a natural starting spot because people like to tell stories, national stories, Australian stories. A lot of businesses, I think, naturally gravitate towards supply chains because they are, by and large, in many instances, dysfunctional or inefficient. So I think it'll continue to be the case that a lot of people will go to that subject matter. I think you and I have spoken before, I think, Dexter, about the challenges that are sometimes people oversold, what this potentially could do. And I think now there's been a bit of a revision where people are now looking at friction points. They're not they're not approaching things from a full stack perspective. They're saying we can improve our process. And I think that's going to lead to greater uptake in supply chain application in the blockchain DLT space. So I think it is the natural spot where people will go to. And I can tell you that globally, every nation thinks they're telling supply chain DLT stories. Australia, I think, is very well placed to do that, given that it's something that is so baked into the Australian story. We are exporting to the world. That's yeah. what we do from this side of the world. Awesome. No, it's come a long way in the last few years, um, particularly you look at the you know kind of from 2017 and you know, there's um, challenges for for the industry we had the ICO issues that kind of really set it back what do you, what do you see now as to kind of where it's at and where does it go from here the 2017-18 sort of window extra brought some great outcomes it also brought some legacies that we continue to have to deal with I describe it often as the ghost of Christmas past the reality here in Australia is although we told the story about how actively we participated in the ICO sort of stage of this, uh, this ecosystem developing. We weren't that active. You know, the jurisdictions like Singapore, the United States and the like were very, very active. So there's a legacy there. And the legacy primarily is a lot of people have formed a view of what this technology could be at that period of time. And they're committed to that view. And I guess the challenge for me in a lot of these rooms is to say to people, are you willing to revisit your view? And not to say you should change it. It's just, are you willing to revisit it. And it's meant that from a regulatory perspective, we've kind of stood still in yeah. the last year or two. And I think that's that's the concern that I'm bringing home to uh, politicians across the country now is not this is what Australia should be doing, but much more this is what other jurisdictions are doing at the moment. Is this in step with what we should be doing? Mm. Who would you say kind of internationally is really leading the charge in the space, Steve? It's funny, the, my view has probably changed over the last 12 months a few times. I guess it's, when I look at it from a global perspective, there are different jurisdictions now that are all finding their way. And I think it's, that's the bit that's garnering attention now at the Australian level. The US has not been too quick to move, but if you piece together some of the decisions across their treasury, in particular over the last six months, then they suddenly look like they are allowing their banking sector to give this the consideration it deserves. They've been proactive in some of the regulatory perspectives in pursuing, the SEC's been pursuing a few projects, so they make sure there's an appropriate mix of uh, people ensuring there's restraint in the space and also growth. So the US has moved the material. China is moving incredibly quickly, particularly with respect to the central bank digital currency, so they're not quite as better as many other nations are with respect to the way they roll out this technology. Singapore is the perennial. You know They've moved quickly here. They need to maintain and want to maintain um, some strength in the Asia-Pacific region with respect to this sector, so they've moved. Interestingly for me, the EU is moving. There's a process at the moment uh, that involves what they call MICA, the Market in Crypto Assets, where they're looking at a whole of EU approach to regulatory frameworks. And it's slow, slowish, but the reality of the EU is if it snaps together, then it snaps together and applies to all the countries. So globally, there is lots of movement. 
all slightly different. So people are having to pick winners. Yeah. Mm. And that's the, that's the really interesting thing about this. Just... And so if you were going to pick a winner, who would it be? <laughs> I think in the Australian context, I look at the version that we are likely to be uh, when I consider our history. The truth is we tend to do things in a relatively similar way to what the UK does. We have a similar legal system, so we look for guidance into what the UK does. Singapore, we don't move as quickly as Singapore. We tend to follow them in. So I think it's much more likely that we would look to those sorts of jurisdictions, the UK and the familiarity there, and Singapore as a regional one to give us our cues. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break, break Steve. But when we come back, um, I want to have a chat with you about something that's happening next week. It's uh, very special. Tier One People is proudly partnering with one of Australia's most successful fintech. An innovator in the consumer lending space, this business has been a driving force in fintech for almost a decade. They're entering the next stage of hyper growth and need a people and culture expert to scale the organization sustainably. As head of people, you'll get to play a pivotal role in turning this successful startup into an enterprise. If you've taken a startup on a similar journey or scaled a fast-moving tech company, you'll know how important it is to retain the original values while bringing in new structures. If that sounds like you, you've got the credentials and you're up to the challenge, go to my LinkedIn profile or check out the show notes for further details. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Mate, so as I mentioned just before we had that ad break, um, something special happening next week. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit about it? Special is one way to describe it. This is someone say a little bit crazy. I've decided that the Blockchain Australia was ready to run Australia's first national blockchain week. So it's effectively a festival of all things blockchain and DLT across the country. So at this stage, we're tracking at 120-ish speakers, 50-plus sessions across the uh, the eastern seaboard and across the rest of the country as well. So quite an initiative, but I'm pretty excited about the fact that I get to give a lot of people an opportunity to tell part of their story. Fantastic. Um, and look, I, mean, I guess what else is fantastic about it is we actually get to have in-person events again. Dexter, I am a huge believer in the serendipity of face-to-face meetings. Uh, Pre-COVID, I think... I was averaging two or three meetups a week for probably three years. So it's literally hundreds of events. And the reality in those rooms is if you're attuned to what's happening in financial services markets and fintech markets, you can catch up on that news most of the time on the internet. But there's so much value in being face-to-face that although this entire week is built to be COVID-proof, if the borders were to shut down at the very last minute, we sort of anticipated we could still run it. We're really looking forward to being in rooms with people and and getting a sense of what they're doing um, close up. Now, you've got some um, great speakers lined up, um, one in particular, which is a, a bit of a coup for you, um, and it's been interesting to see how much um, interest that they're showing in the space. Senator Bragg. It's a good conversation that we've gotten started there, Dexter. I think Senator Bragg, to his credit, has done something with a lot of other politicians probably haven't done. He's been willing to put the subject matter on the agenda. I spoke at the Senate Select Committee on FinTech and RegTech that he is the uh, committee chair of, and most of my submission relates to the fact that we should be giving consideration to this subject matter, and it's something that he has embraced. So I'm really looking forward to him standing on the stage and telling that to the world so we can move forward down the conversation in financial service rooms and the broader uh, enterprise rooms of Australia and say this is something that requires consideration and it needs consideration now. Mm. You've also got some really great companies there. I mean, you know, it, 
the space has moved on so much. You know, we got the likes of Consensus, you know, R three who are doing some really interesting stuff in the space. Um, we, you know, we it, it really seems to kind of have have evolved, particularly in the last two years. What's um, what, what do you think is going to be the kind of the the real theme of Blockchain Week, and and who who should come along to the event if they're interested in the space? It's funny, Dexter. I did a launch event last week, and one of the key points I made in that room was: look to your left, look to your right. This is the blockchain DLT community, and there weren't a lot of people in that room who I think would identify themselves as just being in blockchain and DLT. Yeah. The observation here is that these conversations are in your room. That's often the case. People say to me, "Yeah, but doesn't apply to my industry." And then when you start talking about some of the fundamental tenets of the technology and what can potentially impact, suddenly people say, that is what I do. So that's part of the key here is we want people to look around and see themselves. We want them to see people who are adjacent to what they're doing. Interesting, your observation about sort of R3, um, consensus, Algorand's another. It's a real it's a real important stage, I think, with respect to how the Australian ecosystem is building because those kinds of businesses are infrastructure businesses. And Australia has not got a deep liquidity pool when it comes to the creation of these sorts of infrastructure businesses. So I think it's really important that we encourage international businesses to give consideration to Australian startups. Yeah. The other part of the blockchain week is effectively saying at the application layer, the builders, people within Australia who are seeking to build out, give them some voice. So that's kind of the two sides of this conversation. There are those that are external, international businesses that we encourage into our jurisdiction and it is the elevation of the Australian story that says we've got capabilities in this country to export in an enormous way, ones and zeros, and IP. So that's one of the key things I want to get across over mm. the course of this week. Cool. Well, it's kind of book plug time. Um, you know, and I, I guess that, you know, it's a really, you know, it's a, it's a really important time for the industry. And as you mentioned, it's impacting a lot of different industries. But if people are listening, you know, who, who should be interested in becoming a member of Blockchain Australia and, and what's in it for them? It's funny, Dexter, I've been a bit contrarian in the way I've sort of been selling membership. The truth is I ask people to find the value and then look to the organisation and see are these businesses you'd like to talk to, and that's part one. The other part that I think is really important is I've spent three or four years navigating through this ecosystem, and I can save people a lot of time. Blockchain Australia people can save people a lot of time. That's one of the key values here is there is complexity because you look in every direction and see part of the ecosystem sort of growing out. So time is a critical asset for everybody. So from that perspective, anyone that sort of looks and says, look, we'd like a bit of a rails run, we want to get a sense of what the Australian ecosystem is, we want to understand what this looks like internationally, and we want to understand how those ecosystems connect. That's the value of Blockchain Australia, in addition to obviously advocacy aims, which is something we do consistently. A lot of these conversations continue to happen behind closed doors because there is a lack of familiarity with the subject matter. They're not rooms that are easily accessible, but Mm. we hope to be, and we seek to be, uh, the voice of many, many different people. Cool. Now, if we put kind of blockchain to one side, um, I, I, one of the things that I kind of really, I, I think is the theme, not not just for you guys, but for our business as well, is fintech has evolved, blockchain has evolved. And, you know, like yourself, you know, we're seeing there's this kind of divergence, but convergence at the same time, where everything now is so interlinked that, you know, I ask the question, what is fintech? What is blockchain? What is insuretech? What is regtech? And if there's something that kind of overlays across the whole thing, it's the digital economy. 
and we're we're seeing you know we've got clients that are gaming businesses we're seeing you know it's it's kind of crazy when i think back just a few years of where fintech was and where it is now what do you see or, or what has what has got you most excited right now and are there any companies that kind of stand out to you as going hey this you know this is the future this is one to watch this is where i think this is all heading I think on the first point, Dexter, what you've described is those discrete segments. I don't view them as discrete segments either. I think we have a similar view. I see the mesh, and yeah. that's, that's the thing that makes these rooms very interesting for me. When I talk about participation of a blockchain, DLT sort of environment in those rooms, it doesn't have to be at the front of that room. Sometimes it's at the back of that room. Sometimes it plays a very small part. I think a good example is in the subject matter, which you are incredibly well versed on, something like the consumer data right. Blockchain and DLT is not playing a particularly big role in that ecosystem, but as the CDR is rolled out across a variety of sectors, I think we'll find that blockchain and DLT will. So yeah. it's kind of just getting a sense of where it is in that ecosystem yeah. at the moment, and is there a place? Is there a place it's going to go? Yeah, and there's there's things like digital identity, right? Where you think Bitcoin and digital currencies is, you know, I mean, it's kind of pivotal to a digital ID and those conversations just don't seem to be happening. And Dexter, it's funny, like that is the subject matter is probably the perfect example. Some people think that you know, no one should be involved in anything to do with the personal affairs. You know, there's a genuinely anonymized world that we should live in from one perspective. And the other perspective is that government should be able to access these things to make sure there is no uh, bad behavior. That conversation is enormous. That conversation yeah. can run for days and days and days. And that's what makes it interesting again for me, depending on which view you're at, there's a technology stack, there's a solution that's being developed, which is why I say we're in every room when mm. we're talking about this general subject matter. But that's a perfect example of the mesh and what it looks like. Because when people talk to me about projects and they say, is it a blockchain DLP project? Sometimes I say, just the fact that we're talking about digital identity in a genuinely private and anonymous way will make it a subject matter of interest to the space. So we find a home in most of the rooms that we're in the question of what gets me excited and interested, again, at two opposite ends of the spectrum, decentralised finance and the conversations around it are, are super fascinating. At the moment, I am interested in the conversation about what liquidity looks like, recognising that, again, I mentioned before, in Australia, liquidity pools, when it comes to investment and the like, are relatively shallow. You know, mm. we're a small country, so the pools aren't what they are in other jurisdictions. Watching what people are doing at the moment, the pooling of funds and what that potentially becomes in the future is super interesting to me yeah. because I think it allows people to have access to things that they might not otherwise have. It's scary, I know. There is risk associated with it at the moment, I know. But it's also you know, that peer-to-peer uh, lending on steroids is a very interesting space to mm. be paying attention to. Yeah. And the other, which is the vanilla version, is process improvement. The truth is there is enormous efficiency to be gained from process improvement on the most rudimentary of tasks. We still do so much via paper and via email backwards and forwards and trying to establish you know, ownership and trust, those costs can come out. So depending on which part of the world you live in, there's something for everybody. Yeah. Well, Steve, it's been really good to, to have a chat with you. Um, good luck with next week. If people want to come along, where do they need to find out more about um, Blockchain Week? Uh, there's a very simple URL, Dexter, happily. It's blockchainweek.com.au, and I'm very happy to say we're not selling tickets. This is an open event across the country. We want as many people as possible to expose themselves to this subject matter. After it's all done, we'll upload all of the content. But blockchainweek.com.au is where you'll find information about what we're doing. 
Brilliant. And if people are interested in becoming a member of Blockchain Australia, where do they go? It will be blockchainaustralia.org. And if you just push through uh, an email, it will come to uh, Amy Rose, who handles the membership inquiries, and it will come to me. I'm very happy to have a chat, Dexter. You know I speak to more people than anyone else I know, and I very much enjoy getting people's content. So Except I'm me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, speak to I reckon I've got you covered. I'm going to say you're second, but we should, uh, we should, have, a, we should have a town call. Well, mate, really looking forward to, to next week. I think it's going to be fantastic to get everybody together. Um, and look, it's such an exciting time to, you know, it's still very much the beginning, right? And it's uh, you know, still so much kind of un- unknown and so many things to play out. I think that's the critical bit, Dexter. I've said to people, just keep your options open. It really is the beginning. So I'm excited because professionally, after a long time in professional life, I've never been more excited about what the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years look like. So keep your mind open to the options. Fantastic. Well, Steve, it's been great to have you on the show. Thanks, Dexter. Appreciate it. You can find me, Dexter Cousins, on LinkedIn or follow the FinTech Chatter podcast page on LinkedIn too. Thanks for listening. And if you like today's show, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review because it really helps me bring on great guests like Steve. This show is produced by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll help you launch, scale, and innovate by delivering world-class talent. And you can reach us info at tier1people.com. Until the next episode, stay safe 